everyone. This is Jeffrey Kerr. I'm here today with Dane Reese, who is the host of the You Booked It podcast. He has been a professional entertainer for more than 16 years, performing all over the world in Las Vegas, Boston, New York City, Canada, Australia, Italy, and Germany. Dane is also a corporate producer and projects coordinator, as well as an Actors' Equity actor and stage manager. Hello, Dane. Hello, hello. So how are you doing? Ah, I'm fantastic. Just a nice morning here. To start things off, how have you been doing during this time of quarantine due to the coronavirus? Ah, well, thanks for asking, Jeffrey. And I guess, first off, thanks for having me on your show. And right, during this coronavirus time, things have been weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for myself personally, it's been a pretty wild ride. The day before everything went into a full shutdown, I was in Las Vegas getting ready to stage manage and call the show Absinthe. And the executive producer of the show decided to just drop on in, which is always a bit strange. He, he comes by occasionally, but you know, it was a weird time, right? And we had this big full company meeting, everyone in the tent, and it was literally the most serious two-minute meeting I've ever experienced. They give us a bit of a heads up on what was going to be coming up and what they were hearing from Caesars Entertainment, who they partner with on that property. But we all kind of knew the writing was on the wall, right? And the next day, basically, the entire strip closed down. And like many people in this industry, I had an entire year full of contracts lined up. And over the next couple of weeks, 100% of them all disappeared. And I mean, look, everyone was in the same boat, right? So I wasn't exactly freaking out too much. And initially things were fine enough. My wife and I were being super safe. And we essentially stayed indoors with the exception of, of course, going to the grocery store and things like this. But as time went on, we went through those various phases of quarantine, right? That, yay, this is a, an extended vacation to, okay, let's clean the entire house spotless to, oh no, uh, money. And then the whole Tiger King is amazing phase to, okay, now I'm bored and I'm going crazy. And now where we're at now, where we're kind of accepting this new normal for more of an extended period of time. And then in the very last days of May, I began work on creating my podcast, You Booked It, where I interview entertainment professionals. And on the 4th of June, I actually recorded my first two interviews, and it's basically been keeping me busy ever since. But look, I'd have to say all in all, this pause in life and entertainment, it's kind of been a blessing in disguise because for the past decade plus, I have been on a nonstop hustle. I mean, planes, trains, automobiles, performing, working all over the place. And look, honestly, I didn't really realize or even know how tired I was until I was forced to stop. And so this time has actually been really wonderful for me and my family to kind of slow down, reflect and realign with what's really truly important to us. Yeah, a lot of people have started podcasts during this time. And luckily, I've already been doing mine since last year. So hey, it's at least been keeping me occupied. Yeah, you're ahead of the game. <laughs> Would you mind telling us more about your podcast? Uh, like more about how the idea of to do a podcast censored on this come about? Yeah, for sure. So the podcast is called You Booked It. And like I said previously, I interview 
entertainment professionals, and I do it in a brand new episode, seven days a week. All of my guests can share their journeys through the industry in hopes of discovering the true fundamentals and all those niche golden nuggets, those little tips of what it takes to really create a successful career in this industry and also really fill that gap between training and the real world. Episodes run about 30 minutes long, and we've got guests on there that are Broadway principals and chorus actors, Vegas showgirls, talent agents, authors, dancers, singers, composers, film actors, music directors, producers, directors, makeup artists. So it really is a pretty solid, diverse group of people. And something that's kind of interesting about the podcast is that I actually ask the same set of questions to every single guest. So the interesting part really comes in how different people answer the same questions. And as you listen to multiple episodes, you kind of begin creating this really cool map or these reference points in your brain. So you can easily take away some really great actionable tools and insights that some of the most successful people in this industry are using and doing every single day. And then as far as how I came up with the idea and what inspired me to create this thing. It was kind of the culmination of my entire journey through this industry is what really led me to creating the podcast because I started singing and dancing and performing uh, quite late in life. But, you know, up until now, I've been very fortunate. I've been performing professionally in the entertainment industry, like you said, for the past 16 years. And I've also been fortunate to be in a lot of different aspects of the industry. And I went to the Boston Conservatory. And at the time when I went to school, it was ranked the number one school in the country for musical theater. Uh, I also happened to get myself into some serious student debt to the tune of about $120,000. But even after that, I still found myself underprepared for what the real world of this industry looked like and how to navigate it. So as I jumped in and began my career after the conservatory, I really made a point personally to be as helpful and forthcoming with information with my castmates as possible or anyone that I was on a gig with. I've always been that person to share how I've done something, which resources I've used to book various jobs, how I got connected with someone and this or that. Uh, but I've also been very transparent about the finance side of everything and how much money I'm making, right? Because I think money in this industry is a very taboo topic that everyone tends to shy away from. But as entertainers, especially performers, I believe it's vital to share our earnings information with each other because our work is directly tied to us as a person, us our egos, right? I mean, it's, it's us on stage up there that are going to look like the fool if we screw things up. It's not the producer, right? So for that reason, it's very easy to take advantage of performance. Now, of course, if you're working, you know, within a union, if it's Actors' Equity or any of the many other unions, you know, that's less of a problem, but there's a whole world. And in fact, I would say the majority of the world that is a non-union world. And I've been on so many gigs that I've been that person making less money than other people that are around me just because I found out by talking to them. I've also been the person making more money than other people on the exact same gig. And the point is that we want to have that open dialogue about it. And it's not for anyone to feel bad, 
but simply to gain insight on how our industry really works. I'm really truly of the opinion that, look, if you signed your contract for a specific amount of money, that also means you are accepting of that rate for your work. And if you get, and if you do happen to discover on a gig that someone is making more than you, it's not really a thing to get frustrated about, but rather to use that knowledge to better negotiate your next job and figure out which agency maybe that booked that person and try to get connected with them. But if we don't have these conversations, we are quite literally destined to always be taken advantage of. Now, before I launched the podcast, I had felt that I had accumulated enough information throughout my career that I wanted to help those that are trying to enter this industry coming, had experiences like mine in a really great training program, but now ready to make that leap into the real world, right? And to help fill that gap. But I also had really diversified my career into various aspects of the industry that I also wanted to shed some light for those that might be looking for opportunities to transition their careers from performance to maybe another part of the industry where they could still continue to be artistically fulfilled versus maybe going, okay, I'm done performing. Now I'm going to do real estate, which is totally cool to do if that's what you want to do. But if you still want to stay in the industry, there's loads of different outlets and different parts of the industry to be in if that's what you want. And so I first thought, all right, well, the easiest thing to do would be to create a talk and then market myself to go into schools and performing arts programs and give my talk. And look, I ended up making that talk. I think it's really great and insightful. But the more I really thought about it, the more I realized how impossible it really is for training programs to successfully connect the dots between their programs and the real world because this entertainment industry is massive. It's so big. It's so diverse that how could any one program really ever create a cookie cutter method of how to transition into the real world? I don't think you can. So what was the solution, right? So I thought about it for a while and I realized, look, I think I just need to talk to people, a lot of people. And everyone has their own journey in this industry. And that's much more so than say your doctor or your lawyer. The path is just simply much less linear. And by interviewing loads of entertainment professionals, I knew that the fundamentals of what creates a successful career would inevitably present themselves, along with those niche tips and the golden nuggets that people have either stumbled upon, or maybe they're things that simply pertain to only very, very specific parts of this industry. And that's also kind of what prompted my consistent interview format, right? Because by asking the same questions to every guest, the information and the lessons from each episode are more easily accessible and allow the listeners to easily compare what works and what doesn't. So that brings us up to here. And so far, it's been loads of fun. You know, I knew I'd have a great time, right? But honestly, I didn't think I was going to have as much fun as I'm having right now doing the podcast. What has been your favorite parts of doing the podcast? And who have been some of your favorite guests you got to have on? Oh, yeah. So oh, to tackle the first question, the favorite part, gosh, like I said, I didn't realize I was going to have as much fun as I'm having doing this. But for starters, look, I get to talk with loads of interesting people, which is especially pertinent in these COVID quarantine times, because we don't get a lot of people interaction. But on top of that, I'm learning from 
all of these guests. I'm learning so much from all of these guests. I'm learning the fundamentals, relearning the fundamentals. I'm learning those niche golden nuggets and the tips of this industry. It's amazing. Now that I'm getting more momentum behind the podcast, I'm beginning to have a few higher profile people on the show. And it's getting really exciting to be able to have some real conversations with them that are also just chocked full of insight and guidance. And as far as guests that I've had on, it's hard to narrow it down to just a handful because I've loved having conversations with every single guest that has been on. But I've also been very purposeful about creating a very diverse mix of guests that I have on the show. And I really did this for two reasons. The first is that I've had guests that are in the very beginning of their careers and guests that are, hmm, let's say, more seasoned. Mm. And now I've done this purposely because I don't, look, I don't know about you, but when I was starting out in this career, I know for a fact, I had so many people that had been in the industry for a long time. They gave me advice and I simply didn't pay it much mind. And really that was just my ignorance making me think that I knew better. But if a peer had, was having some success and they told me something, then I listened, right? So by having this diverse range of guests, my hope is that everyone will be able to find a handful of people that they really connect with where they're at in their own careers. And the second reason is, look, while we all love a great celebrity success story, I believe it is vital that those are not the only stories that are told. The reality is that the vast majority of entertainment professionals, the vast majority of entertainment professionals, those who make their sole income from the entertainment industry are not celebrities. They're not famous. And it's those stories, I think, that often have some of the most pertinent and the best learning moments because their circumstances are often very relatable to yours. And they've found incredible success in their career. And it gives the podcast a very much, yeah, I can do that motivation kind of feel. And then you had asked about some of my favorite guests. Is that right? Yes. All right. So if I had to pick a few, gosh, it's really hard to narrow it down because there's been so many. It's almost like picking your favorite child. Exactly right. Everyone has so much value from their own story, their own journey, their own life. There's so much to take away from every episode. But okay, if I had to pick three, I would say go to episode 29. It's with Dan Michike. He is currently the music director for Wicked on Broadway. Uh, and he's been doing that role on Broadway for the last six years. Episode 51, this is with Anne Martinez. She's a dear friend of mine. She is a powerhouse singer who has been so successful in her career from performance to production. And she also happens to be one of the nicest people on the planet. And episode 82, this is with Jose Luis Lopez Jr., and he is most known for his work with In the Heights. He's also going to be in the movie that's coming out soon. And all three of them, they have these incredible insights and have so much value to take away. But yeah, please subscribe, listen to all of them. There really truly is so much great information throughout all the different interviews. Now, going back to the beginning, how did you first get started in the entertainment industry yourself? Right. <laughs> so, like I said, I started late in life, and I'm basically the real-life Glee story. 
I grew up in Missoula, Montana, small place. Well, 70-ish thousand people, I think is about how many it is. And look, I was a record-setting jock. And then I turned to singing and dancing and acting almost overnight. Growing up, I played all the sports. I primarily played football and baseball. But then late into high school, a series of concussions forced me to quit football. Then I would have needed elbow surgery if I kept playing baseball. And the crazy part is all that happened over the course of only about four months. And up to that point in my life, I had always had some kind of extracurricular something after school and suddenly I had nothing to do. And I quite literally had, I had no idea what I was supposed to do with myself. And then one day my sister had a friend come over. Her name was Chela. She was a dancer. And she just asked me, she goes, Hey, we need a guy to lift some girls for this big Christmas show we have coming up. You want to do it? Well, I had nothing to do. So I figured, why not? Let's do it. And look, when I started dancing, I did not go all in. I didn't just slap on the pair of tights and ballet shoes and off I went. You got to understand, this is Missoula, Montana, right? And dancing was, especially then, was not something guys did. So I started very conservative. You know, I started with break dancing, started with hip hop. And then I started having a lot of fun with that. And I realized, look, if I'm going to do this dance thing, I've got to learn how to do it properly. So at that point, I just threw all caution to the wind. I dove straight into it. I put myself in ballet, jazz, tap, literally. If there was a class that could fit in my schedule, I put it in my schedule. I basically lived at the studio. And because I was also one of the only guys there, the studio owner gave me classes for free. Big shout out to Lisa Deer for that because she's a big reason of why I've had the career I've had. And I was very fortunate. But I, yeah, I lived at the studio from basically 3.45 until 9 or later every single day. And from there, I got involved with high school choir. And then turns out I could kind of sing. I got accepted to these all-state, all-Northwest choirs. And then being, things kind of began to snowball. I got involved with the Missoula Children's Theater, did some shows there. I did a couple of professional dance productions. And then it was time for college. And at that time, the arts were so new to me, right? And I didn't really know where I fit in, really what I wanted to do now, because I was having so much fun with the arts. And my initial intention going into college was to do pre-med and music. And it turns out that's not really possible. So I just said, you know, I'm going to do this arts thing. This is really what I'm feeling right now. So I went into vocal performance at the University of Montana. And in the meantime, I'd also auditioned for the mascot of the university. And I booked that, which I was very fortunate and it gave me a full ride scholarship. And eventually I ended up actually winning the Capital One National Mascot of the Year Award for being the best collegiate mascot in the United States. And then while at university, I studied abroad in Vienna, Austria for a semester. I did studied some music. And then I transferred into the Boston Conservatory. You know, I flew to Chicago and did a bunch of auditions there and got my BFA in musical theater. From there, I moved to New York City, got an agent. Then I booked a brand new inaugural ship. My agent called me and he said, hey, look, I don't think we're going to take this because you just got here. And I said, no, I think I'm going to take this because I have $120,000 to pay off. So I need to start making those payments. So off I went and I never made it back to New York because I met Jess, who is my wife. Now we've got a little three-year-old girl. It's beautiful. And throughout all those travels before our child, Aveline, we 
did a few more ships. We lived in Australia for a year. We moved to Las Vegas, performed there for the past seven years. And it's been a lot of fun performing up and down the strips. It's been nine different shows. I've stage managed. I've mascotted for or created the mascot for a couple of different huge productions. I've also now transitioned into the corporate world, being a corporate producer and a project coordinator for giant things like Amazon AWS that has like 55,000 attendees and events like this. So now I've kind of, I'm running the gamut of performing all the way to the corporate back end of things. For those interested in a career in show business, where do you think would be a good place to start? Hmm, it's a good question. I suppose it depends on where you are in your journey. If you've never trained at all, and I would say simply find a studio in, that teaches whatever it is that you want to do, and then try loads of things. Try lots and lots of stuff and figure out what you really like. But if you've been training for quite a while and you really truly are aspiring to be a professional in this industry, you have to ask yourself, what is it that you truly want out of your entertainment career? Do you want to perform? Do you want to be behind the scenes? Do you want to work on long contracts that offer more income security? Or do you want to freelance, which often pays more for your time, but has zero guarantees? Or maybe you want a, you know, a combo of both. Do you want to be on Broadway? Do you want to be on TV and film? Do you simply just want to entertain? Doesn't matter. Are you willing to pick up your life at a moment's notice and move wherever you need to for a contract? The more detailed you can be and the more clear you can get with the answers to these questions, the more likely you'll be to be able to find the market that fits you. And by market, I mean New York City, Vegas, LA, Dubai, wherever in the world. Find the market that is most suited for you and the type of work that is best suited for you. And when you do take the time to get clear on these answers, you will have a much happier life, which makes you more desirable and attractive. And I don't mean, you know, how good looking you are. I mean, you as a person, I mean, your energy, your passion for what you do, that comes through. And that makes you more bookable and that makes you more successful and gives you a much more fulfilling career. Before we go, do you have any upcoming podcast guests you'd like to share with us? I do. Look, I don't want to give it all away, but yeah, absolutely. I can give a few. Coming up shortly is Michael Judson Berry, who is a musical theater actor. He also does casting in New York City, who has recently exploded all over TikTok and Instagram doing Quarantine Time, which is a parody of Catherine O'Hara's Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek. It is ridiculously hilarious. Go check him out straight away. I believe his handle is M. Judson Berry on both Instagram and TikTok. Hilarious. Next, I've got Lindsay Heather Pierce. She is the current Alphaba in Wicked on Broadway. And really excited for this last one is Stephanie Clemens. She is the dance captain for Hamilton. And she's actually been part of Lin-Manuel Miranda's team since before Bring It On. So mm. those are the three I'm going to give for now. <laughs> Dang, I thank you very much for devoting your time to this interview. It was great getting to talk to you. You as well. Thank you, Jeffrey, so much for having me on. Hey, no problem. For those who'd like to keep up with your career, where can they find you on the internet? Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to connect with me personally, uh, you can jump over to Instagram. It is at the Dane Reese, the, spelled the normal way, D-A-N-E-R-E-I-S. You can also check me out. Find me on Dane Reese on Facebook. If you want to 
Check out the podcast. Look on Facebook or Instagram for at You Booked It Podcast. You've heard them, folks. If you haven't already, look up the You Booked It podcast, take a listen, and if you want, give them a rating or so on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, that would be so much appreciated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank so, you for the plug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so thank you again for joining me today, Dane. This was great. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Jeffrey. If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash podcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at carereviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.